a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. 1.20 is the time. Debate, as you heard Nick Wyatt describe there, continues on the floor of the House of Representatives debating an article of impeachment. The second such debate to take place on the floor of the House of Representatives during the Trump administration. And the highest of likelihoods is that by the time you and I are sitting down to supper tonight, that Donald Trump will be a twice impeached president. In the news business here, and as I have found myself you know, responsible for putting together what they call a, a rundown, which is a, uh, a document that <laughs> highlights and outlines all the things that we will talk about through a day, it has been very difficult to look away from what's transpiring on the floor of the House. It's been very difficult uh, to think of things that are happening other than the impeachment debate. But the truth is, There is a process to handle this debate, and it is very important that you and I stay up to date and up to speed and aware of uh, our representatives, how they are acting and voting. It's very important. It's also a little damaging to obsess over it. I have 100 percent found myself guilty of obsessing over what's going on in Washington, D.C. right now. I, the past number of nights, in fact, if I'm honest, going back all the way to last Wednesday, have had a hard time sleeping. I end up scrolling through uh, Twitter, YouTube, various social medias, and I read the articles written in conventional media sources, and it's never-ending. Next thing I know, the sun is coming up, and it's time to report back here for duty at KSL News Radio. So... Be measured, be smart, be thorough, but don't be obsessed. And what we're going to do through the balance of the program today is we'll certainly pay due attention to what's transpiring on the floor of the House. In fact, uh, let's let's listen in here for, for a minute or so right now and get a taste of what's happening at the moment. Right now, Texas Congresswoman uh, Representative Fletcher, a Democrat speaking. Ohio, rather. Gentleman from Ohio wishes to reserve the gentleman from New York as recognized. I now yield 30 seconds, distinguished gentlelady from uh, Michigan, Ms. Uh, Ms. Clabe. The gentlewoman from Michigan is recognized for 30 seconds. Thank you, Madam Chair. In Michigan's 13th, we proudly speak truth to power, even in the face of a racist in chief. Those who incited an attack on the People's House do not get to talk about healing and unity. They have torn this country apart. They have stoked the fire and then handed the gasoline to Donald Trump. Dr. King once said, true peace is not merely the absence of tension. 
It is in the presence of justice. Today, we must embody those words, and we must understand that peace must be centered in truth and action. We cannot sit, Madam Chair, sit idly by after a violent attempted coup and allow lies and hate to continue. Today, we stand up for our constituents who continue to be harmed by this oppression. to reserve the gentlewoman's time has expired. Donald Trump. The gentlewoman's time has expired. The gentleman from New York. We heard there from Representative Rashida Tlaib, Michigan Congresswoman on the Democrat side. Uh, and it will, like this, go back and forth uh, for the next stretch of time here until I, I, predict, uh, I predict about maybe an hour from right now, uh, or just shy of an hour, we may we may know the outcome of this vote. Now, uh, with Democrats controlling the House, the prediction is a pretty safe bet that, in fact, the president, President Donald Trump, will be impeached for a second time. The question mark then at that stage is what happens on the Senate side? We'll cross that bridge when we get there. The point I was making before we uh, put our ear to the events transpiring now on the floor of the House is that it's important to it's important not to obsess on these things. It's important to uh, put our faith in the system, and while the system is being tested, she is holding. She is holding. That system last night was put to the test as well when a resolution was debated. You heard me talk about this at the top of the program just after 12.30, and that was the House uh, debating back and forth, ultimately voting to pass a resolution calling on Vice President Mike Pence to, in concert with a majority of the president's cabinet, uh, exercise authorities granted that group in the fourth section of the 25th Amendment and wrestle power away from the president. Now, interestingly, in terms of you know the full story here, Vice President Mike Pence sent a letter to Speaker Pelosi and others stating well ahead of the debate yesterday that he had no intention of invoking the 24th Amendment, specifically the fourth section. And so uh, you would be, you know, you, you wouldn't be off base saying or asking yourself the question, well, why did they go forward with it if the resolution was a question and the answer came ahead of time? That's a debate for another time. The interesting thing here is that uh, the 25th Amendment itself, if you listened to the debate last night, uh, which I did, uh, I may have spent too much time listening to it, uh, but it's certainly important as we have dipped into the impeachment debate, it's important to get at least a taste of what is being said by the two sides. Listen to the arguments presented. Know firsthand instead of through summarized reports written by others. Formulate your own opinions yourself and do so through... Uh, accessing firsthand documents or words. Anyway, I digress. The 25th Amendment debate, which took place last night, included a pretty fundamental question regarding its initial intent. What was the point of the 25th Amendment when it was drafted? And here's the interesting thing. The I know when when you hear reference made to amendments to the Constitution, in your mind, you may conjure up images of, you know, far off yesteryear where those in charge were uh, wearing wigs and had buckles on their shoes. And this was a day before electricity and before modern conveniences that we don't amend the. Well, guess what? The 25th Amendment of the Constitution. Is not that old. In fact, many of you listening right now are older than the 25th Amendment. And so what does that mean? 
it means that we can go back and we can hear from the actual author of the amendment itself. A former KSL employee, Natalie Andrews, she now works for the Wall Street Journal. She reached out to one of the drafters of the 25th Amendment. He currently, John Fierick is his name, is a professor at Fordham Law School. And that question about whether or not it was appropriate to apply the 25th Amendment to President Trump right now, he sort of answered. He sort of answered. The language of the 25th Amendment uh, applies to circumstances in which the president is incapacitated or, quote, unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. That section of the, of the amendment, section four, has never before been invoked. And so the question is, in the absence of some diagnosed condition on the part of the president, is it appropriate? And the Fordham Law School professor who, back in the 1960s, was responsible for drafting that, Mr. Uh, John Fierick, he says, you know what? It's a judgment call. Why is that? Well, because ultimately the Supreme Court will have to sort it out. I would point out, I would point out that while yes, this then staffer was responsible for coming up with the language of the amendment, ultimately the intent of and the responsibility for passing that amendment lies only on the shoulders of the elected officials empowered to vote for it. And so while it's great to hear from the drafter, uh, and I share it with you here because it's a fascinating piece of trivia, (laughs) and it's a fascinating window into the process that brings about these amendments, the truth is uh, the intent that would be analyzed by the Supreme Court, should this make it to the Supreme Court someday, will be the intent of the representatives or the senators, those who were involved in the actual drafting and passage through their vote of the amendment. Anyway, uh, thank you for hanging on through that little piece of trivia. We're going to take a break here. When we return, we're going to step away from the impeachment. We'll keep an ear there. Uh, We're going to step away from the impeachment, and we're going to look at round two of the Paycheck Protection Program, PPP 2.0. What does it mean for Utah? We'll start that conversation with Miles Hansen, president and CEO of World Trade Center Utah. He'll join us to let us know how it can best serve Utah companies. And who can take advantage of this money? That's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.